Welcome to Launched. I'm Charlie Chapman, and today I'm really excited to be joined by the creator of the outstanding iOS Reddit app, Apollo, Christian Seelig. So before we get into the actual launch of Apollo, I kind of want to get a quick background on you. So the main like questions I have are, where are you from? How'd you learn? And did you have any like jobby job career before you started? So starting with where are you from? Um, so I'm from a smaller town in uh, eastern Canada called Liverpool. Um, it's about two hours outside of like the main city, I suppose. Um, and I came into the main city for university and I've kind of been there since. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of out in the middle of nowhere, um, in the middle of Canada or on the East coast of Canada, I guess. But yeah, most people I'm sure haven't heard of it. Yeah, no, I, I saw Nova Scotia and in my brain, I map everything in Canada to, uh, British Columbia, because that's the one place in Canada I've been. And it really <laughs> threw me off whenever I looked it up the other day. And I was like, oh, that's the opposite side. I don't actually know anybody from there. So No, I, nice. I've actually never even been to British Columbia. It's, it's, it's that far away, I guess. But I've heard incredible things about it. So I definitely like to one day. And then you said you went to university uh, in that area. Did you get like a computer science degree or was it something else? Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I went with a traditional computer science degree. I knew computers were pretty awesome and interesting. And I liked the programming thing. So it seemed like a natural... Um, uh, extension of that. Um, so I did that while I kind of figured out everything and it, and it worked out well. Uh, so then after that, what was it that you did? Did you go like get some jobs or go straight into the indie life? Yeah, I guess I kind of went right into the indie life. Um, it would have been during, I suppose, my last year of university, I started working on Apollo and most of my free time I had outside of school. Um, so then by the time I graduated, I kind of just uh, shifted that into full time. And I think it took, um, I graduated, it would have been September... 2015 and i think i spent about two years and ended up launching it ultimately um october 2017 so i took two years and basically just ate through any money i made uh working like co-op jobs during university and uh blew through all of that hoping that apollo would do um well enough that i could keep working on it um and thankfully it did but yeah not necessarily the best financial <laughs> decision if there's any like uh yeah it was kind of all or nothing at that point um but yeah no i, I guess the the last proper quote-unquote job i had was when i interned at apple actually um would have been the summer of 2015 um i guess i've been doing the trying to stay away from the real (laughs) big boy job as long as i can since then and so what was that like you worked at apple this is their like summer internship program thing i guess exactly yeah yeah so yeah i basically um i'm sure you can't talk about it too too much no i mean you can talk about it pretty broadly i think as long as you don't get into anything too crazy but it, it wasn't anything um too crazy getting there. I had an internship before, uh, actually the semester right before that. Um, and I just kind of applied into the void. <laughs> I just submitted my like, PDF resume on the website and, um, planning to go back to school for the summer and graduate after that. And I got a call from a recruiter and ended up interviewing and getting the internship, which was crazy because I hadn't never really expected anything. I just, like I said, applied into the void, figuring why not. Um, and then, yeah, it ended up being like the coolest job I ever had by a mile yeah that's as like your one main real job uh that's kind of insane yeah yeah it was it was it was really good um and yeah and i got to uh they flew me out all the way from literally the opposite side of the continent and then i spent a summer out there in california um and it, yeah it was crazy it was on the enterprise app development team so they did a lot of um uh it, in a way it was almost a lot of the um developer advocacy stuff almost like the um 
what do they call it? Like an evangelist? Yes, that's the word. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was almost a little bit of that on the enterprise side of things. So it was working with a lot of um, other companies who um, maybe had iOS development questions. So we'd go to their uh, headquarters or their building and we'd answer questions and kind of show them the ins and outs of iOS development, especially as new technologies emerged and they might not um, have a full grasp on it or want some inside look. Especially because at that time, I think it's dwindled a little since, but there are a lot of people who are very much into the um, the right ones pushed everywhere. Like, so have a web app. And we were kind of trying to tell them that like, you know, there might be other options there. Um, yeah, this is like Cordova. Yeah, exactly. Or just like, or just writing even worse, just like having a, you know, a website and being like, isn't that, can't they just open up Safari oh. <laughs> and go to that? And we're like, well, you know, you might want a little more. Um, and yeah, it was an awesome job because you got to talk to all these different people and do all these different things and um but for me most of my time they gave me like an internal project to work on where it was like an internal communications tool no idea if it ever ended up ultimately being used but it was kind of like to keep me busy for the summer they yeah were like hey build this little thing um yeah and it was a lot of fun just outside of the job just being surrounded by uh you know at the apple headquarters all these you know incredibly talented people and actually even being able to see someone like johnny ive and everything once in a while like it was it was pretty uh yeah, it was pretty motivating. Yeah, that would be that would be wild. And yeah, motivating is probably a good word because you're surrounded by people who sort of uh, made their dent in the universe, as they would say. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah I, I'd imagine that would sort of drive you to want to do something similar. Yeah, and that that was almost the the harshest part of the whole gig was that they have like the internal rule where you can't actually like um, do any side projects of your own. Yeah. while you work there, um, so it would be so funny, like you know, finishing work for the day and just being like, it was like every week was like you know going to WWDC. And and having all this energy uh but you ultimately went home and couldn't do anything with it um so that, that was pretty rough but um i guess i just channeled it until after the four months were over and then just went crazy now so had you started apollo before that or was that afterwards i i, I think i had maybe some like rough design work and maybe like a few aspects done um but nothing major. And I ultimately paused it for that summer, which was really great because Swift came out literally like in the middle of my internship. Oh, wow. Um, so I basically tossed out like the little bit I had written and just ultimately did everything in Swift at that point for better or worse. <laughs> well, that's a cool way to jump in, I guess. Yeah, it, it was really funny when it came out and seeing all the Apple engineers like <laughs> scratching their heads and being like, what the hell is an optional? And <laughs> um, so it was great to see that I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one, you know, a little confused here. Like literally they're confused internally to, to a certain extent. Right. Um, while they figure everything out. Well, uh, let's go ahead and move on then to to Apollo itself. Sure. So first off, like, how did the actual idea come about? Were you just wanting a project or was there something specific that um, drove you to making a Reddit client? I would say um, it was just, yeah, scratching an itch more than anything. I think I was walking home from university one day and just... Um, I, there is a few alternatives to, I guess there wasn't an official app back then, but there were a few uh, third party Reddit apps at the time. Um, and they were all great, but there was always like, you know, a little itch I couldn't scratch with them that I wanted to, um, I guess I just wanted to see, like, could I do something a little different here? Um, how hard could it be to uh, build something out myself just as a kind of a pet project? Um, and yeah, and I guess it kind of just rolled from there. It wasn't... That's been most of my projects in the past have been... I think it, it's really nice to come from a perspective of like, I'd actually really want to see this done myself because when, you know, motivation's lower, you're kind of slogging through it. Um, it's really nice when you yourself kind of want to see it done too. Um, right. I find that really helps like to, you know, push you over the edge in terms of motivation um, rather than just something that you're like, hopefully, you know, this will make me some money, um, which I find it's harder to get through those like 
lack of motivational periods. Yeah. When you have doubts that other people will love it, um, that can be really demotivating. But if you know that at the end of the day, you're going to like it, that helps. Yeah, you'll be at, at least I'll be using this, hopefully, right, exactly <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so yeah, and it basically just went from there. I, I just kind of wanted to take a swing at it, um, not really expecting much, um, but it ended up being just like really fun to work on. It uh, challenged a lot of like areas I didn't necessarily have a lot of experience in, like writing like a media viewer and working all with all these like images and uh, videos and whatnot, and as well as just all like the networking aspect of it. Um, yeah, it just ended up ultimately being a really fun project. Um, and then, yeah, I posted, I think, on the Apple subreddit, um, asking if people would be interested in beta testing at all. And um, there was a lot of interest out there. Um, and it basically just ballooned from there. I got really lucky that people seemed at least somewhat interested in what I was doing at the time. Yeah. And we'll get to the actual, like, sort of launch itself. Um, but while you were building it, was there sort of a, like, driving uh, principle or, like, was there a specific type of Reddit client with an opinion that you were making or was it basically this is the Reddit client for Christian that kind of does things exactly <laughs> how he would prefer them to work? Um, I guess a little column A, a little column B. I, I guess the overarching thing is um, I didn't find any of the apps at the time were very um, focused on iOS design. I guess they were kind of like this developer wanted an app and thought this design would be cool. Um, and in a lot of cases, it was really cool. But I wanted something that felt a little more native, um, that you kind of didn't need to like guess how certain things worked um, and followed the like human interface guidelines a little closer um, than other apps might have at the time. So I was just kind of trying to keep that in the back of my mind. Like not to the extent that it would just literally be stock UI everywhere and boring, but I just wanted to make sure that it, it first and foremost felt like an iOS app the same way you would hope uh, an Android app would feel like it followed material design or whatever. Uh, I just really wanted to make sure that um, there wasn't any confusion that this was an iOS app. Um, but outside of that, I just really wanted to make sure like Reddit's a massive website and I really wanted to make sure that um, I captured as much of that without having 800,000 buttons littering the UI everywhere because it's really easy to, you know, chase down every feature and try to include it. Um, and ultimately <laughs> get this like jumbled confusion of an interface. Yeah, that's what's kind of crazy uh, about what you ended up with, which is something that feels very native. And that's definitely like everything I had ever read about it whenever it came out was this feels like an iOS app, you know, a native iOS. This is Apple if they made a Reddit client. But Reddit couldn't be like less like Apple. They're, you know, all about settings and giving people power user features and lots and lots of toggles everywhere and kind of nerdiness. And somehow you like blended those two things together because it feels like a full, pure Reddit client too. Yeah, I think it's it's almost like the iOS 7 stuff in a way where I, I think I kind of just prioritized putting the... Um the stuff people use most first and foremost. And then like, if you want the extra stuff, it's there, uh, but it doesn't need to be there all the time for lack of a better term, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like how notes has gotten pretty complicated in terms of what it can do. But when you open it, it still feels like you're just typing into a giant text box and that's really it. Right. Exactly. It's, it's easy to get away from that. And, um, especially with like, it's different with Reddit where they introduce a new feature and they kind of want people to use it. Um, so they've kind of got to shove it like front, front, like, um, front and center. Like I always see like the, um, I know the official app has like one of the, the core tab buttons is like create a post. Um, which is clearly like, it's a fine choice. It's because they're trying to get people to create more posts, but 
you know, so few people ultimately on Reddit log in. Um, so many people just lurk. So that button's not useful at all for them. And then a small percentage of those might comment, still not that useful for them. And then a very small percentage of that small percentage might actually go and create posts. Um, so ultimately, you've got a button there that serves maybe 1% of users. But because you're motivated to try to get more people to use it, you put it there. And, and it's kind of nice with, with a third-party app, you don't have any of those... I guess, marketing restrictions, for lack of a better term, where you kind of just say, like, is this button useful for most people? If not, like, get the heck out of here. Yeah, that's interesting. I I definitely feel that with uh, all the drama with Twitter apps, too, where the third-party clients are clearly designed for the user, whereas the Twitter app is definitely designed for the user, and I think it's... I actually think it's a pretty decent app, but... Oh, yeah, totally. It is also designed for Twitter, the company and for their concerns and, you know, all those reasons. And so, yeah, it's definitely interesting whenever, uh, whenever they allow for third party apps to come in and build something that is purely designed for users. And in many cases designed for certain types of users. Oh, hundred percent. Like if Twitter had like a competitor to Twitch introduced tomorrow, like there's no way it would be hidden in like the settings menu somewhere uh, because not many people use it. It would probably be, you know, a, a pulsating <laughs> button right, right. as soon as you launch the app, um, even though virtually no one uses it yet. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a, a different, um, different priority system, I guess. And I am curious, uh, and you've been doing this for, what has it been now? Three years, two years, two and a half years, something like that. Um, it's been public for two years, like launched on the app store for everyone to download for two years, but it, it spent a little bit longer than that incubating. So I think at this point, it's probably almost exactly, um, it's been released as long as it's, uh, wasn't beta. <laughs> oh, it wow. had a very long beta period for, you know, better or worse. Um, so during, you've had a lot of time then to sort of feel out how, uh, Reddit treats third party apps. It seems like there's a lot more of them and I don't hear the same type of complaining that you hear with other social networks where it's been slowly locking down and, you know, some of them more than others. Um, what is, what has it been like working with Reddit? They've honestly been pretty darn great from the get go. Um, like right away they reached out and like congratulated me on the launch when I had pretty much no communication with them prior to that. Um, and they kind of gave me, yeah, they kind of gave me like a, a contact point, a guy I can talk to, um, if I have any questions or suggestions or issues, um, rather than just kind of emailing, uh, you know, support at reddit.com or whatever, um, which has been great. If I have a question, um, it gets answered pretty quickly. And in terms of like locking down features, they're, they almost always have the API endpoint open to everybody right away. Um, which is phenomenal as well. There's, there's only a few APIs that they, they, they're holding a little close to their chest, like the, the Reddit chat feature, for instance, like they've kind of got like a instant messaging feature going on right now that they've, right. they've locked that down a little bit for the last two years. Um, but you know, in terms of big picture stuff, it's, it's been pretty, they've been pretty open with everything. That's awesome. And it definitely shows in the community, I think. Yeah, no. And yeah, it definitely does. And I I think even Twitter, um, since they've been a little uh, aggressive, (laughs) to put it lightly toward third party (laughs) developers, even I think like the CEO recently said like that, that might not have been the best move and they're considering walking that back a little bit. Um, So I I think, you know, Reddit and hopefully Twitter in the future are right in treating these third party clients like this, because fundamentally, they're not that threatening. Like people are always like, Oh, I wonder if the they they feel threatened by you and you look at like the the download metrics and like on a perfect day like apollo might break like the top 10 news apps um meanwhile like every single day you know three times on sundays the the official apps like what rank one or two so just in terms of downloads it's 10 to one on the best days possible um 
so you know these they carve out such a small percentage of the user base that i don't think that they have any reason to you know be a little jaded or scared of these third-party apps and if anything it kind of benefits them because a lot of people are like i wouldn't necessarily use reddit to the extent i would just because i'm not happy with the third-party app um so it's not even necessarily always i'm using it instead of it it's more so i'm using it or nothing at all right um so i think kind of yeah that that giving people options is is typically a good thing i think yeah i've heard a lot of people recently saying that their way of cutting down their twitter use has been switching to the official app it's like, that can't be a good sign uh, for the state of the official app, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a little rough, but I mean, hey, whatever works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but I, I really want to like talk about the actual launch itself. Sure. So you said you had a really, really long beta period. And for a decent amount of time, that beta period was public, right? Yeah, it, it was pretty um, like I developed everything out in the open in the subreddit. So it wasn't too hard to see what was going on. And I think I had a few... Back then, I think test flight allowed like 2,000 instead of the 12,000 or 10,000 they have now. Um, and I think it was pretty much full of 2,000 people. So um, it was pretty easy to find any information on it. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a long beta period, much longer than I intended, at least. Now, do you feel like that contributed to the success of the launch itself? <sighs> That's a really good question. I'm not 100% sure. Sometimes I wonder because... I mean, I mean, I guess it's easy to speculate, but I think at that point there was so much issues with Alien Blue being acquired um, and turned into the official app and then the official app coming out um, and Alien Blue being kind of um, abandoned um, that I almost wonder if I would have launched a little earlier if I could have captured more of that pie. Um, but ultimately, like everything's gone so well that it's kind of hard to dwell on that kind of thing. Um, and it's not like I like unless I you know never slept I couldn't have launched it any earlier anyway. So right, um, it's it probably good it launched as it did because if it launched, you know, even at a more opportune time and it was buggy and feature incomplete and people hated it, like people are going to download your app once and look at it, and if it sucks, they're going to hate it and never look at it again. So right. I think probably the first impressions, it was it was good to try to get a good first impression there. So did you have like any sort of specific marketing plan for your launch? No, and I don't think I still have any idea what I'm doing there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't have to have an idea what you're doing to make up a plan. Yeah, that's true. But it's for me, even calling it a plan, I think would be generous. It's a lot of like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what'll stick. <laughs> um, but back then, and I still think to a certain extent now, it's just it's a lot of relying on word of mouth. I knew at that time I, I was lucky enough to have um, a lot of beta testers and a lot of them were passionate enough about the app that they um, would tell friends about it or if they were talking in other subreddits they'd mention it um, so I think there was a lot of organic spreading of the app that way which was really nice um, and I knew uh, when it launched um, since the initial beta post um, did pretty well on social media I wanted to have a hey that beta post did well um, here it's actually released um, I wanted to do a post like that and thankfully that did really well too um, but between word of mouth and just posting about it and hoping people cared about it that was pretty much it as far as um, marketing plans went so you didn't like uh, explicitly reach out to the press or do make like a press kit or anything like that beforehand <sighs> I'm trying to think I think I had um one of the Mac stories writers was um, a beta tester at the time. Um, and I want to say that was about it. I think I was lucky enough that um, it did so well on Reddit that I think a few other um, uh, websites picked it up organically. Um, yeah, you got you got John Gruber wrote about it, right? Yeah, I don't know if he did originally. Um, 
but he he did eventually which yeah of course blew my mind yeah yeah and like a few sites like even like mac rumors i remember reading that like you know growing up in like eighth grade like um you know not paying attention in class and refreshing like the live blogs for an apple (laughs) event and you know for like 10 years later to be actually on the website in some capacity like yeah that blew my mind but yeah i I discuss i got really lucky there that it blew up on reddit enough that i guess people had to (laughs) pay attention because it was either a slow news day or something but they uh they cared enough to write about it i know i can say from like my personal very anecdotal experience i had sort of heard rumblings of it for a long time while it was in beta because there was this sort of passionate fervor uh in that like community i guess among your beta group or whatever and then when it launched it felt like it was just everywhere all over reddit all over everything i was seeing and so i i honestly assumed going into this that you had done some sort of thing to curate this (laughs) explosion of uh activity but it sounds like honestly the quality of the app itself and the community you sort of built through a long beta period may have contributed the most to that yeah, I think it's like it's ninety nine point nine percent the community, um, which was thankfully I I like to think built because the app was somewhat good. But um, yeah, I completely have to thank the community and word of mouth and everything for it's so crazy. Just once in a while, um, there'll be a random thread on Reddit, um, and somebody will like tag me or tag Apollo, and people will be like, "Oh, I use that," and, and it's just it's so cool to see it like people talking about it like that. Um, and yeah, and I, I you couldn't ask for better marketing than just people enthusiastically recommending it yeah i've i've had a couple of those with uh dark noise like every once in a while i'll get one of those where somebody is talking about me to somebody recommending it and that is a weird it's so weird very exciting experience <laughs> it's like you're eavesdropping in this conversation where you're like you know mentioned in passing or something it feels it feels weird to you know come across that but it's it's also of course super flattering yeah um, yeah but yeah i don't know if you ever really fully get used to it <laughs> So whenever you do a big update, like you just did a pretty major update, uh, what was it, like a month ago with iOS 13? Yeah, 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 that was a fun one. Do you do, like, what do you do for those launches? Obviously, you still have a big, pretty passionate uh, beta testing group, it seems like. But do you do any sort of big plans for press releases or anything like that? Or is it kind of the same same deal? Um, well, I do enough of the like little point updates that, um, I don't typically re- like I reach out, um, to like a few, uh, websites like Mac rumors and Mac stories and nine to five Mac. If I think it's like, um, like I don't want to do like 1.3, 1.4, 1.5, 1. 1.6 and hit them with all of it. Like if I think right. 1.6 is really great, um, I'll, I'll reach out to them and see if they're interested. Um, otherwise, um, I'll, it might get covered. Hopefully if people on Reddit enjoyed it enough or maybe one of them uses the app and notices. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm chronically afraid of, um, kind of, uh, watering down what I'm emailing them about. And they're like, Oh, cool. You added an icon and better filtering. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you really think like that's front page stuff? Um, so I, I think I try to wait until it's, it's something, uh, pretty newsworthy, um, or at least more newsworthy than normal. Um, because other than that, yeah, I kind of like, I'm lucky enough that the subreddit I think has like 300,000 subscribers now. Um, so I, I post an update there and hopefully around <laughs> like, you know, maybe a hundred thousand people might see it. Um, and that tends to get some upvotes and some organic spreading that way that I honestly have it pretty easy when it comes to a lot of the raising awareness about an update. Yeah. That's definitely an interesting thing that you have is, maybe it's unique to you or maybe it's something that other developers or other creative people can sort of utilize, which is having a subreddit that's sort of dedicated to the thing that you make. I know there's a couple podcasts that do the same thing, but it seems to work extremely well for you because unlike Twitter, it's not just you post the thing and people see yeah. it and maybe people comment with like a great or, you know, congrats or whatever. But there seems to be a 
like legitimate community there of people who ask a question and then another person will answer it. And sort of you're getting this uh, like free support almost um, and like word of mouth and all of that. Yeah. And, and it's like the podcast do it super well. And then I almost cheat a level further when, you know, my app itself is Reddit. Like, so, you know, you're using the product, you're almost inherently <laughs> um, brought into that community. If you subscribe to it, like um, just by using the app, you'll probably scroll through a post um, from that subreddit. So, Oh, that's a good point. Uh, Cause you, whenever you launch the app, don't you recommend that's your subreddit? Yeah, exactly. Um, I noticed, um, I think I saw that from Tweetbot when you sign in yeah, the first they do time. The same they're thing. like, um, do you want to follow these guys? And I'm like, I do. <laughs> that's a great thing to ask. I probably wouldn't have found out about that otherwise. Um, and yeah, and it's worked out super well. It was so funny on the first day. Um, like, like, you know, you don't really get app metrics until the second day. Uh, but when I launched and I think there was 5,000 people in the subreddit subscribe, which was, you know, mind boggling. <laughs> yeah. And by the end of the day, it, it crossed a hundred thousand. Um, and I was like, oh, so, <laughs> so that's a, a somewhat decent reference point for how many people downloaded the app, at least. Um, so I can almost always track it through that in a way where oh, if, that's you know, interesting. it got mentioned somewhere and it shoots up a thousand subscribers that day. I'm like, okay, something happened. And I don't really have to wait until the next day. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a secondary, uh, analytic. Yeah. But, but honestly, like, the, like I said, the community and just having like a, a central place for the community, it, it, it's so awesome because just, just for every portion of the app, like if I have a feature idea, I kind of want to bounce off the wall. I can post it there and talk about it and get some really great insight uh, that I wouldn't have thought otherwise. Um, and like you said, people who have a question, I don't have to necessarily have my email flooded um, by every single small question. Like if it's something easy, someone else will probably answer it, which gives me more time to work on the app. So just, yeah, overall, it's it's an absolute godsend. Yeah, it's funny. Like I feel like uh, a lot of companies used to use forums for like their support. And I don't see that very often anymore. That's true. I, I have noticed some companies do have like they have um, even if the subreddit's not theirs, they'll have like a, you know, um, Jimmy underscore uh, Papa John's Reddit account or something <laughs> like that. And then they'll be able to comment, um, you know, thanks for liking our pizza or um, if you're having an issue, you know, email or support um, or they can chime in on um, where they're at with like a website feature or something. So I, I think they're realizing between like having the support Twitter accounts and now kind of support Reddit accounts that it's, it's a good place to be. Yeah. I actually, uh, I switched over to using uh, audio hijack by rogue Amiga uh, for oh, recording right, this right. stuff. And I was looking some stuff up earlier today and I noticed that they were in a bunch of the threads. I was like looking up questions for, and answering it really well and linking directly to their support. And so it definitely made a big difference in terms of um, how confident I was in being able to do the thing I wanted to do with their product before I bought it. That's true. I don't, I almost don't even think about that, but yeah, just like the optics, whenever you see a company kind of like in the trenches with the users, yeah, it definitely instills like a level of confidence that, yeah, is really nice because they care enough to kind of get down and dirty with everybody rather than just kind of sitting off and answering emails completely opaquely. Yeah. And like, it's different than Twitter where it feels, I mean, I guess sometimes with Twitter, uh, it can definitely feel like they're jumping in to help, but there's also that weirdness with Twitter where it feels like they're jumping in and using it as sort of a promo opportunity or something because of how public it is. That's true. Yeah, no. And I, that's, that's very true. And I don't know how Reddit, (laughs) the culture, I guess it, it bridges that somewhat, but it definitely feels a lot more, um, organic maybe because in a lot of the cases it's it's a thread and anybody can comment um a lot of the comments might be unfavorable um but they they jump in anyway and are happy to talk about it that's true that's always the risk right is if you do something wrong in reddit uh, it can kind of blow up in your face 
I guess so yes. can Twitter, but it's a different kind of thing. And Reddit is definitely way more sort of anti-business in terms of its personality. So, oh my god, yeah, they're horrifying sometimes. You have to sort of tread tread lightly. Yeah, oh god, yeah. It's like anything. Like it, it's such a perfect um, website to like organize a mob. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and it and it just it falls prey to that sometimes. Like like it's just it's almost set up in a way that like leads so well to that that i think you kind of um just have to keep that in mind when you're doing anything like um and to be fair most of the things that i find reddit um you know collectively uh rallies against someone did something outlandishly stupid like if if they would have had somebody who said like are you sure you want to do this is this a good idea or even just like they said um you know i'm gonna sleep on it not gonna post it now i'll post it tomorrow and they thought about it a little bit more like they they probably would have been fine um so I, i think generally in my experience it's been pretty easy not to you know do something that incites a hundred thousand people to pick at your name (laughs) yeah yeah so this is a thing like if we're sort of, I don't know if recommending is the right word, but giving people the uh, idea to look into maybe using Reddit to promote their thing or whatever, which is dicey, as we've talked about. <laughs> uh, what are some of the things that you found with managing a really big subreddit? Is that difficult? Do you have to spend a lot of time like censoring or um, dealing with, you know, problem children, so to speak? Honestly, no. Um, and maybe that's the power of Reddit. I find in a lot of cases that e- even in cases where I could come in and like use the moderator tools, I, I try not to because uh, it doesn't work for every subreddit. But in a lot of ways, um, Reddit is almost like self-moderating it, it, to a certain extent where, you know, somebody says something really stupid or offensive, it normally just gets downvoted until it almost ceases to exist. Um, Whereas, you know, the, the more helpful, even if it's constructive criticism, like those comments bubble to the top if they're good comments. Um, so Reddit's, you know, upvote downvote system can take care of most of the garbage. Um, but if somebody's, you know, saying something horrific, obviously that's, that's the time to step in and there's no point in that. But if somebody just says like, you know, Apollo is a garbage app, yada, 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 like I, I don't feel there's any purpose in removing that. If anything, that would probably, you know, look a little sketchy. Um, but it, it's, it's much better. Like people, if it's not constructible, downvote it or, it might just not have that many upvotes and you can kind of respond to it and have a good discourse with the person. Um, but most of the time, like, yeah, the subreddits very much um, requires very little moderation. It's, it's super easy to take care of. I imagine that probably has something to do with the culture that you've built too. So like your, both your app and like the way that you post things is very kind. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You gotta, you just kind of, yeah, you gotta, you've, (laughs) before starting a community, I'd say probably like, uh, use Reddit for, uh, you know, maybe at least a month and try to understand the culture around it and that it, it is a culture of authenticity. And if you're going in there, um, you know, uh, trying to participate but at the end of every comment you like link your app or something like that's not going to go over well like try to be you know think of the user and i mean don't even do it from a marketing standpoint like actually try to think of the user when you're building these things and when you come into a community like make sure you're being authentic with them because yeah they'll see through your crap so quickly as they should yeah and i think that applies pretty much everywhere if yeah you're feeling very like if you're trying to act corporate especially if you're an indie uh that looks really bad really fast i feel like oh my god yeah but at least on twitter like you know it gets zero likes and a hateful comment for somebody but on reddit it seems like they'll <laughs> they'll like <laughs> you know like string it up on a flagpole and like point at you and be like look at this idiot um yeah so yeah. It, it's almost and like you can't yeah it's you've got to almost be a lot more careful than even twitter uh so another thing i wanted to ask you about you kind of mentioned it earlier but 
you have this thing with your like main updates that you do where you have a custom icon that I think you commission from artists. Is that right? Yeah. 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 That's, I've been doing that. Where did, where did that idea come from? And like, how's that been going? <laughs> Funnily enough, <laughs> in a way it almost came from app review. Um, because I tried to, gosh, it would have been last October or I guess October, 2018. Um, I was releasing like an update around, um, finally adding like push notifications to Apollo which as I'm sure you know, like the push notifications need somewhere to be pushed from that happens to be a server. Servers have, you know, intrinsic monthly costs with them. Um, so that wasn't something I could hundred percent give out for free. So I kind of had like this, um, on top of Apollo pro, I kind of had this like little subscription. It's like 99 cents a month, um, where you could get notifications if that interested you. Um, and I couldn't bundle it as part of pro because, um, it has these monthly costs that I couldn't just hide behind like a one time $3 payment. Um, so I added this optional ultra pack. Um, I submitted, everything seems good. People are happy with it. Um, I talked to the community. They seemed like they were happy with the subscription model in that case. Um, lo and behold, Apple rejects it. Um, and they have a rule, something along the lines of you can't monetize system features like push notifications or adding like airplay or something. And I was like, okay, that, that's, mostly fair like i could see you wouldn't want somebody to like you know go really heavy-handed with monetizing super basic stuff but i I think i explained to app review they called me thankfully and i said like um i'm not monetizing so much the the system functionality so much as like the the back end that powers how that system functionality gets implemented and i think they were they were super understanding at that point of going oh okay we understand where you're coming from there um what we'd recommend then in order to almost um, satisfy this rule is bundle it along with some other features that aren't necessarily system features so i don't know how i came upon icons but i think again i just kind of created a thread and read it and was like it got rejected um i need some other features what are people thinking and i think the suggestion was like don't do anything that's like um super crucial to the app's core functionality, but do something maybe fun and cosmetic. Um, and I think the idea of like some theming and some app icons uh, came about as an idea. And I'm like, okay, if I'm charging, you know, 99 cents a month or whatever, and you're going to get extra icons, I don't want them to be <laughs> me messing around in sketch designing some, <laughs> something crappy. Like you're paying enough that you, you deserve a little better than that. Um, so the idea came upon like, maybe I'll take some of the funds and commission designers to do a cool icon every month. And and I'm almost like I went from being so stressed out about the rejection to like that was so I'm so happy they did because it came turned into such a great feature that I like one of my favorite parts of the app where I've got to work with like so many of like the who's who when it comes to iOS app design um, and it's been such a fun feature that everyone's enjoyed and it's um it's just the story to get there just took a while I guess <laughs> yeah and it's awesome because it it makes you or it makes me at least really look forward to updates like. Even if the update, you know, doesn't include some specific feature I either want or I'll use because I'm not really like a Reddit power user or a heavy moderator or something. Right. I always am going to look forward to those. And even though I will always end up switching back to, uh, what is it, Sunset, whatever, the one that I always end up using, uh, for at least a couple days, I'm always going to use that commissioned artwork because, I don't know, there's just something really cool. And they're all really unique. They definitely don't look like... Uh, most people's custom app icons. No, exactly. And that's, yeah, I kind of like to just, I, I have no interest in like talking to a designer and like micromanaging them. I'm very much just like, I love your style. Um, make it look somewhat reminiscent of Apollo and have at it. And they normally will like a week later send me a, you know, a file. And that's, <laughs> that's the end of the discourse. Normally there's not a lot of revisions or back and forth. I, I 
it's it's been great that way so do you have just like a big list of uh designers that you'd like to get mostly it's tricky because like uh, especially lately i found it hard um because there's obviously like a core group of ios designers who you know absolutely nail it um but i I feel bad when you know artists are such a massive pool of people that i don't want to just keep as incredible as the results would be i don't want to just keep going back to the same like four people right but other artists like like specifically ios app icon design is not necessarily the biggest (laughs) industry out there like there's (laughs) not a lot of people who focus exactly on that so it's tricky when you say like i love your artwork but maybe their artwork is intended to be um displayed at like um a decent size like um and it and it might not scale down well to uh an app icon for instance so it's really tricky to be like okay i want you to design something but don't go too crazy with it just because it has to still scale down well like if you have this beautiful detailed mountain in the background like it's going to be you know 38 pixels right um so you know be careful with that so it, it, it's it's tricky to a certain extent where I feel like eventually I'm going to have to start recycling some existing artists or maybe just post on Twitter or Reddit and be like, who should I work with? Because it, it can be tricky at times to, to find artists. Yeah. I would imagine it's, especially cause it's not your field. Like, I mean, you definitely exactly, seem to be yeah. into design and follow it, you know, pretty well, but like that is not your, your exact oh, yeah. field. So you don't know all the like non well-known sort of, I say celebrity, but you know what I mean? Celebrity app icon designers. Right. Uh, But there's probably a massive field sort of sitting underneath those well-known people uh, that how do you know about them? Oh, exactly. And it's, it's a hundred percent not out of like, yeah, it's definitely not out of lack of talent or anything. Like it's just, it's mean being like, okay, where do I find them? Like I can only go to dribble and search iPhone app icon so many times before I see the exact same designers. And, And it's tricky sometimes like, um, once in a while to have like portfolio day as a hashtag on Twitter and people post all their portfolios and I'll spend an hour like scrolling through those and find oh, some that's good cool. ones. But, but yeah, but like it, it's, it's tricky to know, you know, the places to look sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like eventually you could like do something like an application form, but that's probably a whole bunch of work then where you're going through a bunch of people's portfolios that I guess they sent you and you want to not offend people by, you know, rejecting that's them or too. not sending them a response. So yeah, I imagine that's tricky. And some of like the best icons too have been people who I honestly bet would not um, like apply that way. Like the, I'll, I'll talk to them and they'll be like, oh, I'm not really like an icon designer. Like um, I don't know how that would work. And I'm like, well, like you designed this super cool t-shirt, like just kind of um, send a design for that and I can just crop it down. And lo and behold, and they become some of like the coolest icons I've had yet are from people who don't really have that much confidence or at least experience in icon design. And since they're like not your main icon, it's not like it's a high risk thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like some people are like super focused on being like, Oh, this doesn't really like fit with the brand. Like, um, I don't know if this is like super identifiable as an Apollo icon. Um, and, and it's kind of just nice to be able to say like, look, don't worry about it. Like it can be, it can be just super fun. Um, it's not going to like represent the entire app and company. It's just a fun little like alternative skin almost. So just have fun with it. So a couple of things not really related to launch that I want to ask, I'm going to say for the, for the listeners, but really these are all for me. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. So how do you like collect feedback? Obviously you have a huge subreddit, so I imagine that's something, but you have to take those things and put them somewhere. Right. So I'm curious what your like sort of tooling and feedback collection mechanism looks like. Um, I'm probably the last person you want to take advice for in this regard because I'm definitely not the most organized, but, um, it's a lot of it is honestly, I I keep it in my head. Um, I'll be like, 
I know um, because it's been upvoted a thousand times on a thousand different posts in the subreddit. I know like, for instance, um, you know, an iPad app, for instance, like that's something people really want done differently and better. Um, so I know that's a priority. And I kind of have these items I know are prioritized be just out of volume of requests. Um, so I'll kind of, those will be floating around in my head. And then once in a while, I'll like, I have a notebook where I'll um, be like, okay, so for 1.7, I'm going to try to um, include um, this feature from that list of highly requested features. And then 1.8, I'll have these as well. Um, and they're, they're not necessarily like permanent because for all I know, um, between 1.7 and 1.8, a new thing might come out and everyone's requesting that instead, or um, an existing thing might get a ton more requests. So it's pretty fluid in terms of what I prioritize, but um, a lot of it's in my head. A lot of it's, um, uh, I just try to have like planned out as like a roadmap in a little notebook. Um, Do you have like a long roadmap or is it pretty much just the next release? Um, it's maybe like three releases at max at a time just because like Reddit's so fluid and like iOS 14 might come out and have this brand new um, feature that every app has to implement if it wants to stay competitive and um, trying to slot that in might be confusing. So I, I try to stay pretty fluid with um, uh, what the roadmap is because... Yeah, I don't know. It just it seems easier that way, being able to be a little more flexible and move things around. And then do you use that uh, notebook roadmap thing as sort of your task management? Or do you have a more granular like uh, list system or something for these are sort of the stories or this is where I put like bugs that I find some sort of triage uh, system? Um, it's not much more organized in that respect for that. I normally, I have, I use that like Wonderlist app where I'll be like, okay, well, oh, yeah. 1.7, I want to have like these features and I'll have like a list of like, okay, let me make sure I bang out these features. Um, and then I'll have, as I'm going, I'll have like a bug section where I'm like, okay, I encountered this bug and to make sure that gets fixed, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I'll just hopefully, um, as I keep going through those features and those bugs, it doesn't keep expanding. Sometimes it does. Um, and then... Uh, basically once every item is checked off that like little task list and wonder list, I'll um, be at least good to put it out in the beta. But in terms of like some people have these like, you know, incredible, um, you know, Trello boards that are then integrated with Slack and, then, you know, <laughs> shoot out to their email and all this stuff, which I'm, I'm, you know, super impressed by and wish I was that organized, but I kind of find the, um, the flexibility of, like I know what I need to do for this update. Um, at least as long as I get those things done and I have the bugs taken care of, um, anything else will be ironed out um, through beta feedback or whatever. Um, so I'm not too fussed about getting it down to like the most granular organized system possible. Well, that's good to hear that uh, not everybody, cause <laughs> I'm kind of the same way. I'm a, I, I sort of like thinking about systems, but I'm not a fan of getting like locked into something. Right. So I have like a really thin Trello board, but I'm definitely not one of those people that's setting up huge automations where I click one button and 40 things happen. Exactly. And I almost wonder sometimes and, you know, all the power to them. But if that's almost um, out of, uh, how to put it, love of tinkering on their own end, like it's not so much beneficial so much as they love um, just building those systems out kind of just as something fun to play with. Um, because in a lot of cases, it almost seems like it's um, I, like I read these super long blog posts on like the 10 hours it took to set up the system and the 15 hours a month it takes to maintain it where I'm like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's a lot of, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. 
that you could be using uh designing or coding or whatever exactly but they're they're having fun maintaining it so i almost i feel like there's a certain aspect of it like it's it's keeping them organized which is great but i think they're also just enjoying using it um but that might not be the case for everyone kind of thing like you kind of have to love it's like any diy project like um you might, um, you know, have really specific opinions about um, a couch. So you go out and design and build everything yourself. Whereas other people might just be like, you know, I kind of just want a couch. So they go to Ikea. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I think it totally depends on what you're into. Like, as long as you find something that works for you um, and it's keeping the app, you know, somewhat stable and moving forward, like, yeah, all the power to you. And I do think we should say, like, if you have more than one person, uh, immediately it becomes oh God, more yeah. important <laughs> to have systems and uh, like maybe scripts or something in place just for consistency's sake. Oh my God. Yeah. My, my entire system would crumble if, yeah. <laughs> if someone else walked into the office. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would. Have you ever thought yeah. of that? Like if you had to like sell this or transfer it to somebody else, like what sort of mess would they be inheriting? Uh, yeah, no, pretty much every day. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, yeah, that, that's, that's horrifying to think about. I think if, if anything ever got transferred with the app, I think there'd be like a one month stipulation that let me just, you know, clean everything up and yeah. get some systems in place so you don't judge me too hard. Well, if you could do that in a month, uh, that's impressive considering how big that is. Well, it's true. I think I could make it, I could bring it from, um, you know, um, something horrifying to hopefully something, um, a little more presentable. Something horrifying with a bunch of comments everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, at least a really long like readme file. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I think I think that's pretty much it. Uh, there's one like wrap up question that I kind of plan on asking everybody. Uh, we'll see how Ooh. this goes, but okay, uh, I warned you ahead of time. So, <laughs> is there a person or an app that's been an inspiration for you that you'd recommend like other people check out, whether it's on Twitter, or Reddit, or whatever? Yeah, I was thinking about this one, and and it's tricky because I think like the answer is absolutely yes, um, but um. I guess iOS as a development platform has been around long enough now that some of the coolest apps have kind of came and went, at least for us starting out, like some of the apps that uh, might have influenced so early in our careers aren't necessarily around now. Um, so I was thinking like the, the two biggest apps that probably influenced me were definitely Alien Blue um, and the original um, Tweety app by Lauren Brichter. Oh, just because yeah. they, they both showed me like, holy crap, like these are two, you know, phenomenal apps by any measurement and they're done by like one guy in each case um just building the app on his or her own own time um and that just that blew my mind that like uh, you always read about these like success stories where somebody um you know on a weekend off work created a fired app and became a millionaire overnight um <laughs> which is all well and good like you know i'm jealous of those guys if anything but like to be able to create these um you know super powerful large apps that you know span multiple years um that just really blew my mind that that could come out of one person um and so that that was probably like the most the apps i love the most and that really made me want to get into this trade um but of course both of those apps aren't really available anymore um not out of any failure on their own part they both had like super successful you know um exits where they were bought by you know uh, very profitable companies um but in terms of like, there's, there's a lot of current instances of that. Like you have like tweet on Twitterific, which are like two phenomenal, um, third party Twitter apps, um, that rival the, the official app in a lot of ways. And they're both built by, you know, very small teams. So definitely like I would say under half a dozen in each case, I'd imagine. Um, so that just goes to show still even, even years later, what a small team can accomplish or even one or two people. Yeah. And what's cool about those. And I feel like your app sort of lives in a similar vein, at least for me. Cause I, I can tell you, I frequently open your app and like 
check out a way that something works or just a little like UI flourish or something just as an inspiration. Oh, I think all of us do that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But like, especially these apps that are sort of built on the backbone of a social network API that's available, you guys get to spend a lot of time like polishing the user interface and improving upon something that they they've done. And I feel like most of the examples you just gave, there's there's little UI things that have like permeated the entire industry. I've obviously Tweety being the most popular with pull the refresh. Right, right. But like they've literally like their their finger is on all like mobile touch design in like the world, which is completely insane. <laughs> Yeah, no, and that, that that yeah, that's completely what drew me to the industry is you don't need to go um, work at like a ten thousand people company in order to you know make something people will enjoy. Um, and yeah, and that was just super inspiring. I remember I even like emailed Lauren Brichter and it was like back in high school and I was like, how how do I get into this? And he recommended a few books and I, and like nice guy ever. Um, and yeah, and they just those kind of apps just ultimately set me on the the path that where I am today. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, for coming on here. I, I don't remember if I said it in the recording, but uh, this is actually the first episode that I've recorded for the show. Uh, I don't think it'll be the first to air. So ever, ever, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Well, honestly, I swear to God, you could you could have tricked me. This this was as professional and well executed as any <laughs> any of like the three podcasts I've ever been on. So, so with my myriad of experience, but no, I, this was super enjoyable. Yeah, and not to like spoil anything if it hasn't, but I assume uh, this will already be out because I'm super slow. But Indie Beginnings with Will Bishop, you you were or are going to be on his show, right? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm recording something with that tomorrow, I want to say. Cool. So that'll probably be out before this. If not, I'll obviously edit this out. Um, but <laughs> I would check that out because I think he's going to be more focused on sort of how you started and like the stuff that we sort of glossed over at the beginning. Um, so I'm definitely excited to hear that because everything he's done so far has been really cool. So I'll put a link in the show notes to that too. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Will's a really smart guy. And then uh, where can people find you? Obviously, uh, your subreddit. Uh, what is that? Just r slash Apollo? Uh, Apollo app. I wish I could have got Apollo. Oh, yeah. yeah duh. No, I'm just Apollo app. Um, yeah. And then I'm just Christian Seelig on Twitter. Um, that's about it, I think. Awesome. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please go to Apple Podcasts right now and give us a rating and review. Or if you use a different podcast player, hit the star button in Overcast or give a rating in Breaker or Stitcher or honestly, whatever it is that you use. Uh, especially this week, I'm trying to make as much noise as possible to launch the show and maybe get a little bit of attention going towards the show. And if you'd like to discuss the episode, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Chucky C or you can tweet the show at Launched FM. And we have a dedicated subreddit called Launched FM, where you can discuss the show with me, other listeners, and maybe sometimes our guests will join us there too. For show notes, contact form, or to apply to come on the show, if you have a big launch in the future, go to launchedfm.com.